All right. Pebble Beach Pro-Am. AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Matt, we've been meaning to get the podcast going for this season. We're finally getting it going for Pebble. Feels like the right time because I agree. Has, the, has the PGA Tour start, season even started yet? I mean, it, it, no, point, it hasn't. But... It's been the DP World Tour slash the Corn Ferry Tour. So about time we waited till February rolled around, got our... Yeah, this is the start of the PGA Tour season because I think if we had the podcast earlier, we would have gotten the normal. We Xander would have had a win, maybe mm-hmm. something normal. So, uh, yeah, this we're, this is a good time to start. I think I think we chose the right week. Yeah, if a expected winner wins this week, it's because we started the podcast this week in the Correct. this uh, one month of of debauchery that's taken place in the PGA Tour. We can say uh, was caused by the podcast not being started. And before we get into Pebble. Just what? what is your – give me your take on what's happened over these first four weeks of the season. Obviously, outside 100 to 1 winners in all four weeks. Do you have a hot take for what's happening? Is this just golf? Is like, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, so basically anything under – anything less than triple digits, we can victory lap if, if that happens because we're starting the pod. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. But all of the people leaving for live, I talked about how that would just like dilute the PGA Tour. We'd get some more variants. But what we saw, no one could have predicted. I was thinking we'd see more like 50 to 70 winners. That like mid-tier golfer who is never – can never like the guy who can't close, just have more wind. Maybe Xander can't like get an early win where they never have before. So just like type, type of things like that where we're getting – the Frenchman winning on the PGA Tour. Like, what are we doing here? Nick Dunlap winning after like partying with his friends in college the week before. What are we doing here? Guys who have had guts losing, like Sam Burns, like never showed that type of poor golf down the stretch. I mean, it happens to everyone, but still, it just, I don't know if there's a real explanation of it. I, 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 I guess if there's anything different this year compared to last year, it's all of the, the guys leaving for a live and it's, we have really have a new PGA Tour uh, crop, I guess. So, I think I would go with that, but it's just a crazy thing we've, we're seeing thus far. If you had to rank the four winners from the ones that, like number one shocks you the most and fourth, obviously shocking, but not quite as shocking. What's the order of the four at this point for you? I think it's a toss up between the last two weeks because like, I I mean, you are the same way. Like we know how DP world tour European tour golfers are like, it's just a, survival of the fit is the last man standing the guy who makes the least mistakes and not that Pavone didn't make mistakes but he looked good like good enough I would say and there was just guys so between that and Dunlap like I I would say no neither of those guys had a chance on the weekend I'm like Pavone no chance Dunlap yeah like good luck like I was with my friend at the Amex he was like yo Dunlap's like 75 to 1 right now making a charge like buried three straight on Saturday I'm like dude, you're wasting your money. Like he's not going to win. He's a college kid. Like hand up. I was wrong, but we've never seen, we we see guys flash on Saturday all the time. We see a random Euro come up the leaderboard when he plays all the time. Like it it happens, but those two, I think are just so outlandish and random. So it's a toss up between the last two weeks. I don't know if I could pick one. What about you? Yeah. For me, I'm going, yeah, Pavone, the, the the just craziest, just because the experience of betting the DP World Tour for the last couple of years. And he's a guy who's always in the 50 to 80 to 1 range. And maybe every now and then, if it's a really weak field, he bumps up into the 30 to 40 range. He's a guy, from time to time, he'll get hot. His ball striking stats will look good, and you'll bet him, and he'll miss the cut, and he'll never even sniff victory. Like, I think I've probably bet him right. 20 times on the DP World Tour. He's never even come close to winning. So for him to to finish the job down the stretch at a course where you're, 
if you're not driving in the fairway, you're looking at bogey and he was just found a way to hit that fade and, and find the short grass. Yeah. And it obviously popped a lot sure. on the greens. I think Dunlap obviously surprising. Like I can't sit here and say that the first amateur winning in, you know, 25 years is not surprising, but it's the Amex Dunlap's obviously been a quality player at every level that he's been at. So like I could, if you told me Dunlap wins before the tournament starts, I go, Oh, that's crazy. But it wouldn't like blow my mind in the way that Pabone did. Grayson you're Murray, right, right. it's the Sony. Like he won on the, he was winning on the corn ferry level. Like he's a solid enough player. I think that kind of makes sense. And then I'm still shocked by Chris Kirk at century. Like just a guy who never even crossed my mind with like the style of play at right. century. So he's Damn. up there for me as a shocker, but yeah, Pavone takes the cake uh, for me. And, and we always try to take some takeaways, you know, from tournaments, regardless of, you know, how our bets do or things like that. Two guys, one of them is, is your guy, Thomas Dietrich. What's the uh, post assessment of Dietrich and Jaeger? Dietrich, obviously, I don't think he's really been in that position. He was, he was up there at the Sanderson um, a couple of years ago, but this is obviously a bigger event. And then Jaeger, a guy who has just been playing so consistent um, over the last six months to a year, but really had you know, we, we wrote him up and we talked about him like he makes sense, but he never challenges yeah. at the top of the leaderboard. I thought he looked pretty good over the weekend considering the circumstances, he uh, but he ends up falling short. So, like, how are you thinking about Dietrich and Jaeger uh, going forward? Yeah, I think the last time we saw Dietrich, Dietrich like legitimately like in the mix across the globe was was that was the Sudal Open in mm-hmm. Belgium, like his home game classic for Dietrich. And then he didn't quite erupt like he did yesterday but he finished like t7 like didn't even make a top didn't even make a top five and Dietrich finishing t20 after legitimately being in the mix legitimately like he had the lead on eight did he have the lead on 18 before he went in the water yeah one shot lead i think so on saturday when he went in the water had the lead and then just a non-factor in the latter half of sunday didn't even like and that's just so thomas Dietrich. uh once he sniffed a leaderboard he just can't do it but like we always say, like these reps are good. These reps are good, but it's just so it's copy paste, copy paste. Every single time Thomas Dietrich gets in contention, it's like legitimately the same thing since the last time he was really in it down the stretch was his battle with Min Lee, I think uh, in uh, the Scottish open. I could be wrong. There could be another tournament, but that's the last time I remember off the top of my head where he was in the mix over the last three holes. And yeah. Like he's a great like he's a guy that you see on the range and you're like this guy's this guy's yeah I mean some of those like some of the drives and like three woods that he hit into the greens on some of those par fives were just insane and even Dottie was out there like no this guy stripes it but at this point how many times can this happen before it's just like it's not going to happen for him and to your point like yeah usually reps are good and i think i would put jaeger in the category of like those are good reps for jaeger just because like he hasn't been there and i thought he played that was fine. very but new for jaeger but for Dietrich, how many like at some point the reps actually become bad because like just so much right. negativity gets ingrained and yeah he for me obviously a talented player i think this is you know these types of it's nice to see him pop on a course that makes sense for him with his driving and in his distance and his ability to to uh, scramble pretty well as, as well but like at this point we're getting to the point where a Dietrich went on the pga tour seems seems almost unfathomable yeah and i mean look at the par five scoring on on thursday friday to saturday sunday it's uh it's kind of a joke but it's he really struggles on par fives down the stretch and like in important spots like you look at a decrease scorecard it's four under on a, on a tough course and he'll birdie five par par fours and have a bogey somewhere mm-hmm. else and even on the par fives like you're at this level you, that just you cannot do that and thursday friday he was birdieing all the par fives friday sat or friday saturday yeah he was uh not doing well in the par five. So 
it's kind of a weird thing that I've noticed over the last few seasons with Thomas Dietrich. Definitely, if you're a Thomas Dietrich guy or just want to look into him, keep an eye on the par five score. You that is you're on the record. Uh, the par five scoring when Dietrich gets it figured out, he'll pop. And he had, like you said, he had it figured out there for a couple of days. We were, we were yeah. texting, joking that he's got it figured out. He ended up not having it figured out um, there, especially on 18 on Saturday. And then the other European who is up there, our boy. A player that a couple of years ago I've projected as a future number one player in the world. I'm feeling pretty good about that at this point. Nikolai Hoygaard uh, played excellent. He, I, I, I texted you guys on, on Sunday and kind of said he's just been third place the whole weekend. He wasn't going up. He wasn't going down. Right. He was just hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there. Um, and that speaks to his experience. Obviously, a winner multiple times on the DP World Tour. Won a big event there, uh, the Tour Championship uh in november and just that ability in a, in a course like this you just got to hang in there see what happens and it almost worked out for him obviously went down 18 with a great chance if Pavone doesn't make that yeah. but he's going to a playoff so Hoygaard to me uh set for a big year on the pga tour set for a big career on the pga tour and i think it was nice to see him kind of hang in there and just look super steady um of all the players up there obviously Pavone uh takes the cake as the most steady because he won but Nikolai just never seemed rattled by the moment and looked uh pretty confident no never he, he looked comfortable the whole time, looked like he was, he's was he been there before, even though he hasn't. And he's a guy who's just so talented. You and I both love Nikolai, a guy who gains across the board like week in, week out. Uh, can He doesn't – obviously, those courses he performs better at, but he can play at any golf course. So, yeah, I'm very happy with how it went for Nikolai week one. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. Moving on to Pebble. This is a place I believe you have won three straight years. Is that correct? The Would that be a burger, hoagie, and uh, roast? Three in a row for you? Yeah, I got that up there for a reason. Pebble is my spot. Uh, for some reason, I just uh, got, got, got lucky with this with this event. Hit the winner last three years. Burger, hoagie, rose. Uh, let's ho- hopefully can make it four straight. Um, yeah, and, and it's nothing I change week in, week out on a handicapping standpoint. Look at the course, assess the guys, and roll through numbers. And so, yeah, um, let's let's do it again. Four straight. I'm going to be looking at each week there's a one key stat higher than others, and I'll ask you this when we get there. But um, I'm really high on strokes gained approach this week, just not really driving accuracy. I'm just diving into approach, precision, and then around the green play. What about you? Yeah, no, I think that is the story at Pebble. I mean, uh, you go on uh, vincerix.com. Obviously, go check out the website. We got the uh, models and the articles. Matt writes up uh, 30, 40, 50 golfers a week at this point that you're you're putting thoughts out there for. I'm writing up a lot of golfers. So I think at this point, you know, we're covering a good chunk of the field. So if you want just a quick way to go and kind of see everybody, uh, we got that now on the side. We got some good things coming soon. But yeah, just looking at the historical winners, you know, we can look back to 2010 here and look at the stats off the tee. The average uh, per round score is just 0.27 strokes off of the tee. And, and I agree with you that like accuracy gets made out to be the thing at Pebble. And then you look just like one player since 2011 has been top 20 in the field and driving accuracy on the week. Like it just doesn't yeah. matter that much. It doesn't matter. Um, but then, yeah, the spike approach. I think you got to be solid around the green. I don't think you need to be spectacular, but you got to be able Especially to. Especially this week. This week, you might be able to be a little bit, which I'm sure you'll get into. So the weather, but I think I'm going to dive in a little bit more around the green than a normal pebble year. Yeah, and I guess we. I mean, we can go to that right now. Obviously, uh, putting on the Poe is going to be important here. Uh, I was looking yesterday back to 2012. And every winner here has had a positive putting uh, round on these or positive putting tournament on these greens before winning so like having that experience of putting these greens has been useful and to the point on the weather like i do think it makes sense to start there just because i wrote up yesterday that 
first of all, we've only got the program for two of the days versus three of the days. So we're going to be able to see pin positions at Pebble on Saturday and Sunday that maybe they wouldn't be able to bring out right. because of the program. So we get an extra day of tough pin positions, plus the weather being so soft. I mean, it's been raining there forever. Uh, it's supposed to rain this week. Like they're going to have Very to put cool. the pins on ridges and, and protect them as much as they can to keep it from being an absolute uh, just bullseye fest so i think we mm-hmm. do see tougher pin positions and i guess to your point um is that part of where you're coming from on the uh around the greens standpoint be maybe a little yeah bit more yeah just like and just i know it's, it's usually always windy there but throwing wind with rain it's just overall i know our rain makes things softer makes things a little easier but on the coast i wouldn't really want rain to be a thing could be swirling could be wet could be ugly so i just think overall it will play tougher more greens missed than usual obviously on these small greens so I'm just going to stroke scan approach, stroke scan around the green, scrambling, stuff like that. Just key in on those three things. Yeah. And I think I, I wrote this up too, that you watch enough golf. You know, we watch, we've got the featured groups on all the time. We've got the main feed, even on the week, mm-hmm. like wet and cold PG, there might be, there could be no wind. And I think it makes PGA tour players play worse than any other conditions. Like it could be 30 miles an hour wind, but the weather's agree. nice. And they're like out there, they're chilling. They're having a good time. These guys despise these conditions. Like this is not what they play. And they all live in Arizona. They all live in Florida. Like they don't mess around with playing in 50 degrees and rain. And that's why it was a joke. But like I tweeted out model this week, 50% strokes gain positive attitude, 50% <laughs> strokes gain British, because like at the it's end true. of the day, there's going to be half the field this week who you combine the pro-am with this weather and these guys are just going to say, screw it. Like I'm good. Like I'll, I'll see you guys down at uh, Riviera where the weather's going to be nice and and things will be fun. And they'd never be playing here if it wasn't elevated. They they have to play X number amount of elevated events schedule, schedule the way you got to schedule. They're kind of here because they have to be. So um, yeah, I totally agree with some guys are over before they even tee it up, which is could be used to your advantage. Um, So yeah, that's a great point that I also didn't think about. And uh, shout out, he's obviously not playing. Uh, Liv is starting this week, so he'll be over there. Lahiri, if Lahiri was playing this week, the conditions is a top four automatic just lock of the century. Uh, and it's funny because I was looking up, like trying to think of tournaments where the weather's been really crappy over the last couple of years. Uh, and then I mean, Wells Fargo, you were there, TPC Avenel Farms, the that version when Max won, the weather was terrible there. The guys up the leaderboard, sure. uh, Fitz. Uh, CY came young. We'll talk about him a little bit, but later it was up there. Keegan, a guy who I always love in the rain and, and we'll have a look at this week just because I, I, I like him in bad conditions. And then that players championship the earlier in the year last uh, two years ago now when Camp Smith won, the weather was horrible there. And then there was Lahiri again. So he's the guy for bad weather. Unfortunately, won't be here today, but there's a lot of crossover on those leaderboards. If you go and look at that of guys who uh, kind of pop in bad conditions, and those were a couple of tournaments that came to my mind. Also the open this last year at Royal Liverpool weather was bad, but I was trying to think of tournaments where the weather is bad to kind of go get a look at maybe those strokes being positive attitude guys. And, and those were the ones that came to mind for me. No, it is true. And like you nailed a few on the head, like Fitz always pops up in these tough conditions and he, they always ask him because everyone knows. And he always gives it like, I don't know why I just play, play good here. Like, uh, so yeah, that's definitely a real thing and definitely keep those crossovers in mind and we'll get to it for sure. Yeah, and the, and the Dunhill uh, links, which is where Fitz won in those terrible conditions. Like right. the weather there is usually horrific. I think the weather was so bad two years ago that Thomas Peters tweeted from the middle of the fairway uh, at Kings Barn <laughs> saying, "What the hell are we doing out here?" To the uh, DP World Tour. So guys who have played well there, worth a look too. Guys like Norin uh, has played well there. Fitz Fleetwood obviously now going to live, but uh, keep the eyes peeled on guys who have played well in those conditions. And let's get to the board. 
top of the board pretty clear this week two guys kind of standing above the rest from an odds perspective that's rory mcelroy and that is scotty scheffler if there's a head-to-head between rory and scotty this week both guys who don't have a ton of experience here rory's played this event once both guys played uh in the u.s open i do believe when they had it here a few years ago but if there's just a head-to-head between rory and scotty uh where are you going this week I'm probably going to go with Scotty just because of the strokes gain approach thing. Uh, I was, I'm going to victory lap fading him at the Amex, even though it was like a T17 finish, which is like one of his worst finishes in a while. But uh, he, he was, I, he looked a little tired out there. He looked like he had one of his like lesser performances in the strokes gain department. And, but he's still hitting the ball well with his irons. And I think that's so important at uh, Pebble Beach. You don't have to be deadly accurate off the tee. It's going to take away Rory's best weapon, which is the driver. And in an iron contest, I would definitely take Scotty Scheffler over Rory McIlroy, at least in 2024, early in the, early in the year. So if I got to go uh, with one of them, similar odds, obviously it's probably going to be Scotty and, so there's definitely going to be matchups between the two. I would definitely roll with Scotty if the odds are if the odds are right. Yeah, my worry with Scotty, I mean, this isn't rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. These bumpy poa greens, like even if he's throwing yeah. darts in there to five, ten feet consistently, I don't know how many of those he's going to make. Like the putting just continues to be terrible every single week. Yeah. And then no, we it, got, is. it truthfully is. And then we got Rory, who he was T nine at the Pebble uh, U.S. Open here in 2019. Obviously, the setup a little bit different uh, there than we'll get this week. He played the 2018 Pebble Beach Forum and missed the cut. He looked good over in uh, Dubai. He always looks good in Dubai. Always looks good in Dubai. Like it's auto that he's winning one of those events. He probably he definitely should have won both of them. Ends up only winning one of those. He's been playing unbelievable golf. I we'll start off with a little bit of disagreement here. I think I'd lean Rory here. Um, I think they're both going to play fine. Like give them top twenties. I don't think either of them uh, win this tournament. I, I I don't think this is the type of place where you would want to ride a single bullet with Rory or Scotty. Like um, neither of them are spike putters. Both of them do a lot of damage off the tee and uh, they're, they're solid enough around the greens. I think to your point, they're around the green stuff. Like they're both going to be fine there, but uh, neither players that I'm super excited about this week. Um, but I think I'll give the slight edge to Rory just because of how sharp he has looked uh, to start the year versus Scotty. Scotty's been fine, um, but give me Rory for the putting just ever so slightly uh, between these two guys moving down to, I think Vic and, and Xander are kind of in the, the next slot yeah. here. And Xander's a guy who I actually really like this week. Um, I think Xander, he, uh, we know he can't win. I, I don't understand at this point. Like, what is going Like, it's how, crazy. how can you be that consistent and play that well every single week? I mean, he hasn't missed a cut since uh, he withdrew at the Century last year. Uh, he was T3 here in 2019 at the U.S. Open. Played great last week, but the putter, which has been hot, goes ice cold on greens that you'd think he'd be familiar with. Like, what's the lay of the land on Xander? Can he, will he win again? Like, what what's going on? No, it's so weird because like in every single Xander start, there's very like you don't watch him and he's always on like the thing or tracking him. He doesn't like play bad golf. He's just like not there. Like he's just never in contention. And then you pop up. Oh yeah, he finishes fourth again, again. With a, with a, a rattle off five out of six birdies and just make his way towards the top of the leaderboard, yes, he will win again. But like, figure it out. And I, but I, I do like him this week. And in more of a DraftKings purposes, a DFS purpose, I love the way like how he. I love how much he's playing. He's played a few events more than anyone, and that is a real thing. He's just more got more reps under his belt, less rust to knock off, and he's played well. Although like they're not contention, they're 
backdoor finishes, it's still good golf being played. And look, if you're playing DraftKings, that's fine. You don't it doesn't you don't need to be in contention to finish third. So do I think Xander's gonna win this week? No. Would I be shocked if Xander wins this week? Like maybe. But overall, I think he has a really high floor. I think he doesn't finish outside the top like 11 to 15, which is you can find a way to make money on that, whether that's a bet, DraftKings, anything, a positional matchup. But yeah, that's the state of the union on Xander is like hasn't changed much. And I do think it's going to be a big year for Xander because his quotes at the century, I keep going back to, and he's just seems so determined to because he knows like he knows what it is like he skipped the hero to focus on real events and to just get better he wants to win so um i do think xander will have a decent year but the first three weeks although it's amazing golf it's same old xander yep i think that's a perfect way to describe it and, and i do really like him this week and i think yeah finding some exposure to him that's not the outright market makes sense he's number two in the model uh this week over on vincerix and i think it totally makes sense just the consistency when we talk about some of the other top players you know scotty's got a weakness with the putter uh roy doesn't have really any weaknesses i think xander is right up there amongst the top few names as a guy who just doesn't have any weaknesses he's going to gain off the team uh, that's a piece too this year that's really jumped off as his driving has, has looked really yeah. nice like last year middle of the year when he was finishing top 20 instead of top 10 it was the driving was off just a little bit everything's firing he's putted really well here both uh, appearances in 2017 and 2019 he gained a ton on these greens so he's comfortable on them i do worry a little bit that he didn't putt well last week um but he did gain a ton putting at amex and you, i feel like every time you see a guy gain a ton he just doesn't make putts the next week it's just how yeah. golf works um but in a matchup against vic where would we be leaning? Because I think Vic, he's obviously got the experience here. He was near favorite last year, finished T13, played well, obviously, um, as an amateur at the U.S. Open. He's lost strokes on approach at both the Hero and the Century. He's lost his coach. I think things are a little... He popped, obviously, to end the last year. I'm a little wait and see on Vic right now. I totally agree, and I love Victor Hovland on a yearly basis at Pebble Beach. Obviously, won the U.S. Am here. He plays here regularly. But like Victor Hovland doesn't lose strokes on approach and like, especially in back-to-back starts. I do. I will say you can take whatever you want from the hero strokes gained, whatever the century strokes gained. Everyone lost strokes in weird spots. Everyone. If you look at the, like the normal guys losing on approach usually don't. So I will take that with a grain of salt, but still I was, I kind of gave my parameter around 15 to one on Victor Hovland. If he was in that area, I would throw it maybe, but it um, seems like, 12 to 13 is what we're getting for now. Um, matchup, I pro- it's it's going to be so close. I think I'm going to have to go with just based off the numbers, got to go with Xander because if you if Victor's losing two strokes on approach, he's toast. And Xander's playing so much, he gives you that all four round equity, like he'll play good till the end. I probably have to go uh, Xander. I'm not sure what the odds are showing uh, who's favored there. Maybe Xander by a small margin. Yeah, I'm not really I would, sure. I would think Xander by a so, small margin. What would you think on that matchup? Yeah, no, I'm going Xander. Uh, kind of, I'd probably take him down to like a minus 130. Yeah, 130, 140 range. Um, I also think, you know, now we're just playing guessing games. But to your point, with Xander playing so consistently to start the year, we've only seen Vic at, at the century. He's got this weird stuff going on with the coaches. I don't know how, you know, desperate he is to win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro versus I think Xander right. is like, what the hell's going on here? I need to win totally one of these. Agree. So I think that's a piece of the puzzle as well that just I would have more confidence uh, with Xander coming into this week. But obviously Vic at uh, Pebble Beach is, is a place that he knows well and has had plenty of success at. And then we kind of get into this next tier of players 
and uh, we'll talk through them kind of as a group. But before talking about them as group, one guy is part of this group. Patrick Cantlay. You're the Patrick Cantlay whisperer. Uh, I, I, would I, say I, I would say you're the whisperer <laughs> in the sense that you bet him all the time. I don't think it, it necessarily means he's going to play well or not. What in the world is going on with Cantlay and the swing? Because it looked good in round one at the Farmers, but there's been a couple of rounds recently where the left miss is in play for Pat. This was something that like has always been in his repertoire. Is just weeks where the iron play just completely like goes off of the planet. But he had, I thought he had cleaned it up. Like he had, he had a level of consistency yeah. going over the last six months to a year that I thought he'd figure things out. But the stat lines from the farmers and the Amex, both with the approach play and the putting and even the driving went wrong last week with the left miss really in play. What's the state of the union on Patrick Cantley? Yeah, I don't know how you can back him. He's lost over two strokes ball striking in two consecutive starts for the first time in le- legitimately years. And in the second round of the farmers, I was obviously watching closely because I had that Cantley ticket like I always do. And um, yeah, he was playing, striping the ball off the tee. First two rounds, first 27 holes, absolutely striping the ball off the tee. And he was missing greens by a, an insane margin from the middle of the fairway. And I'm sure you're watching too, just pulling them going along. Just, and he was looking at LaCava, looking at himself. Like, did it, do I have the wrong number? <laughs> like, like doing practice swings, like stuff that you and I would do on a, like, I, I just don't understand how you could be Patrick Cantley. And like, he was, I think two for 14 greens and regulation or three for 14 greens and regulation on that Friday when he was basically like near the first round lead. And just completely packed it in. Hasn't been in contention in a long since the St. Jude, I would say. And even then, even the St. Jude before that, he wasn't really in contention much. Uh, so, I, well, he was a little bit, but not as much as you would think he would. And it's, it just it just doesn't seem right. It does not seem right because last year was the best ball striking season of his career. He's not known to be a generational ball striker outside of last year. He's a great putter with spike weeks. Is he going back to his normal self, which isn't bad, but it, it's not going to be 10 to 1, 12 to 1 every week. He can't be grouped in this top five range if he's going to have be shaky. Like you got to pick, yeah. pick a path, Patrick Cantley. Are you a leader or are you a good golfer? So I think he's trending back towards that good golfer last year. And although he didn't win last year, he was elite. So yeah. uh, I, I, I think don't know. We, we were texting about it before the uh, the round because we were watching on Friday. <laughs> I had the, you know, the live stream up or the whatever, the main feed. And as I tweeted last week, I think the, the, main, emojis. the, uh, the main feed at Tory with the mist and stuff going on is, is always fantastic. We'll probably yeah. get that at Pebble uh, this week as well. But he was he was hitting it left on the range and you could just tell he was flummoxed he was like i do not know what's going on he was getting pissed he had the the ipad out you know with the stats and the videos it wasn't making any sense and then he gets out onto the course and it's just horrific um and that was after he shot 76 in the final round at amex so something's clearly a miss here this is a guy who we saw in person at the travelers cold chunk of an iron into the water from like 10 feet in front of him so the swing for can't can just he did it was a, a great up and down the swing can just go wrong for him. Now, with that being said, this is a place where he's had tons of success. T3, T4, the last two times he was here, he's got the experience. Nobody loves a pro-am more than Cantlay with his ability to hobnob with the elites. So I th- he uh, 
he's the type of guy who's so robotic. I think that like, if he figures something out on the range here between today and Thursday, like he can get his ball striking back and play well this week. So I'm not going to have any action on him. I don't think I want to be involved, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce back here um, and play a little bit better than he has been. But there's that's purely me going like can't lay type of guy who can bounce back. You look at the stats, there's nothing right now to uh, be too positive about. And so what I wanted to do was take these next five guys kind of on the board that I've got as Spieth, Cantlay, Max, Colin, and JT. I kind of bu- bucketed those five guys as kind of the next crew um, on the board. And let's start with the least likely to win and work our way up to the most likely to win. I'll let you go okay. first. Of those five, the one who would surprise you the most to see them lifting the trophy? Uh, I'm going to go with, you said, okay, Cantlay. No, you said Spieth, Thomas, Max, and who were the last two? Uh, Cantlay and Colin. Cantlay and Colin. Okay. I would think the least likely to win out of that group is set, as crazy as it sounds, is probably Patrick Cantlay because, like, he's hitting the ball horrifically. And when he does play here, he plays here a lot, but it's in worse fields. So, like, you got to take the, the course history with a grain of salt this week. Uh, this is the best field that we're seeing at Pebble ever. Um, Secondly, least likely. I'd probably go with Jordan because because he's going to be so popular. Plays here a lot, but uh, very volatile. Hasn't played the most golf, and he's he, he's played well. Um, that's definitely a hot take. So people are going to be all over Jordan this week. I think I'll just skip to the top because you're splitting hairs. I think the top next two is probably Max number one to, to win, Colin number two, and then I guess by default JT in the middle. Uh, Max ha- didn't hit the ball great last week, and he was working on this weird like heel thing off the tee with trying to lift that. Did you hear them talking about that on the broadcast? Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. He was trying to like work on a new thing with his coach and he was all over the planet with the driver missing fairways. And he was pulling long irons too. the long irons were bad, which is what you need at Torrey. That's why the strokes gain approach weren't great, but he gets to a golf course where he can hit a ton of middle irons, which he's great at play out of these, uh, force layup positions. And then just lean into that West coast creativity around the greens and then Colin off a miscut was very popular last week, but I th- I think this golf course sets up well for him. A ton of irons, very, uh, extremely precise, little flop lag. Uh, he was clearly upset about missing the cut, and he wasn't by but he wasn't by any means playing bad golf. He kind of just like uh, missed it. He was what did he miss it by a, sh- a stroke? Wasn't playing bad golf. Yeah, he missed it. He also he he was gonna make it, and then he hit it uh, OB or into the hazard on seventeen, which was like crazy because he pulled it left, and obviously he never pulls it left, and he he looked like super flummoxed by it. And and the weird thing with the cut line at Tory was that like it was so, guys who were like nearing the cut line at like minus four, minus five, they were one shot in the positive direction from like being in the mix and one shot from missing the cut, exactly. like the, down the stretch. So I agree with you that he didn't miss by much. My worry with Colin, and I guess my order for this would be, I'll probably agree with you can't lay last just because like a he doesn't really win (laughs) like he he it's been a while since he was on those hot streaks of wins so i don't really trust him to win at the moment and just with the 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 form that he's in as we just talked about i'd probably still go with colin as the one who would surprise me uh the next most just because i still think there's a spike putting element that i need to see here like you need to be able to gain a stroke per round on the greens and he did it at the hero but besides that that's just not something that i'd trust uh Colin to be able to do and then yeah probably go Spieth like he makes he's going to be super popular here we know the success that he's had he's got a win he's got a t3 he's got a second 
he's an interesting one because he brings the short game to the table. The driving's been better. He putted great at the century, like the best he's putted in a really long time yeah. at the century, which was nice to see. But we need the spike approach ability here. It's been a while since we've seen spike approach from Jordan. We have to go back to the heritage, but the heritage is another wedge heavy spot. Yep. And when you get a lot of wedges in your hand, that's where I trust Jordan to like, even if he's not spike approach lately, you get the wedges, he can get kind of dialed in. So I'd like Jordan third there. And then I'll go max first as well. Like I really like max this week. I haven't decided if I'm going to bet him. I think the 20 to one on max makes tons of sense. Like add pebble to his uh, list Just of say that. Yep. his list of West coast wins. Like, I think he'll be excited to have the chance here. He, uh, him and Colin were both down there yesterday or up at pebble from Tory yesterday. So they both got up there and we're playing. Oh, together. Really? Yeah. They, uh, them because they both work with Mark Blackburn. Uh, so yep. they were out there hitting or playing a practice around Osama number seven. So they're both kind of focused out and trying play, to, yeah, he, and he plays here usually and he plays well here. Yeah. And that's when I talking about, you're talking about RBC. I'll make a few connections off of that. Uh, I bet max at RBC, obviously he missed the cut last year, but I used it as a connection uh, to why I wanted to bet him. He always plays well at pebble, but also I know I said this is a uh, stronger field, but we saw at the RBC heritage, had a, it was elevated last year, had a ton of players who don't usually play there. It came down to the normal suspects, the guys who usually play well at the RBC Heritage. So I know we have the Scotties of the world, like the guys who don't usually play here. Are we going to get down to like a a Victor Fitzpatrick duel, a Victor Fitz Spieth duel, just guys who always play here, uh, throw like Nick Taylor in there, just guys who always play this event uh, in the leaderboard? Quite possibly because there's definitely some nuance in this golf course. Yep, totally. And to your point, T10, T14, T7 for Max here over his last three appearances. He's putted well in all of those uh, appearances, as we'd expect. He putted pretty well last week at Farmers. He was terrible on the bent grass greens on the north course. He was three putting like every hole. Totally uh, but you got back on the Poe and things looked good for him. He's a player who I really like him when he gets a lot of wedges into his hands. He uh, is 13th, I think. Let's see here. Uh, 12th in the field in uh, or 13th and prox 50 to 125 yards like i love him with wedges in a hand i love him in bad weather conditions obviously he won that wells fargo in horrific conditions he's just a guy who was going to go out there and grind um and then jt for me he's not a guy that i ever bet i am not a a jt guy by any stretch of the imagination i'm not one of those saying like jt in the 20s like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened i need to liquidate my bank account and, and get on jt but his stats Going back to the Fortinet, look really, His really results, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the stats and the results. Fifth at Fortinet, went over to the Ned Bank, finished fourth, where of course Max won. So another feather in the cap for uh, Max there. Third at the Hero, then T three at the Amex, obviously gaining across the board there and looking really good uh, for most of that round. A couple bad swings on the par fives with the long irons cost him, but I don't think the long irons are going to be as much of a an issue here. And those wedges where he's usually at his best, but has been struggling Dials. for a while, they're uh, looking a lot better. Never made the cut here. Doesn't have the experience. That's probably why I'd still be somewhat surprised if he won. But uh, I think JT is is largely completely back now. Yeah, JT looks really good. I He definitely showed some nerves in that final round, even though it was against Nick Dunlap, but he hasn't been in that position for so long. And that just proved to show, like, ignorance is a bliss. Nick Dunlap's never been in that spot, fearless, and did what he had to do. Where JT, like, he felt the nerves, even though it's like he's done it so many times. Like, fuck, am I supposed to be doing this? Like this, this, is this right? I don't feel right here, but he's on the right path. I think he's a great play in, uh, in DFS, a great positional bet. Uh, he could definitely find himself in the mix. A uh, ton of wedges, ton of middle irons, great short game as well. Uh, 
I would not be surprised to see him like contend down the stretch, but um, I think he's a safe middle of these five names we've named. Yep, totally agree. Um, and motivation wise, again, I, I think he's really focused. He wants Obviously, it. Yep. He really wants it, and uh, he's such a talented player that that can be the difference. Like it's it's you can play the oh this guy cares this guy doesn't care like how's that impact his play jt is one of those where like when he cares when he gets focused in uh it's a difference maker and so i'm excited to uh, see him play this week and, and up next instead of going just like down the board uh randomly i've set up some hypothetical three ball matchups with uh, with the guys in the kind of the same range obviously we don't know exactly what these odds would be so let's just treat it as if they were the you know same odds Mm-hmm. I'm going to list off three players and you tell me who you think finishes highest. And if you've gotten the other takes on the other players, then fire them away. But let's start with uh, Fitzpatrick. We we know he can handle these conditions. He's He's been here before. Uh, Ludd making his debut. Ludwig Aubert played pretty well last week. Some of the most horrific putting um, I've ever seen in my entire really life. Up. That was uh, brutal. And then a guy who just faded down the stretch at the Amex. But a guy who I like when he gets a lot of wedges in his hands, he's obviously a good putter uh, off the tee issues. Won't be a problem for him. Sam Burns. Give me uh, your take between Fitz Ludd and uh, Sam Burns. I'll go in that exact order. I think it Fitz wins uh, Ludwig in the middle and Burns down the stretch. Uh, Looking at Sam Burns, that profile from the Amex, I had a Sam Burns 35-1 to 1 ticket. Lucky to be there. He did not hit the ball well. He truthfully did not. Kind of luck, lucked his way into that 70-hole lead, and it, it blew up down the stretch. So Matt Fitzpatrick plays here a lot, loves this golf course, and I love the golf course for him. I know he has the newfound uh, game of elite, dri- truthfully elite driver, but at his core, he's a solid wedger and a great around-the-green, great scrambler, and that's what you need at a uh, – uh, Pebble Beach. And then Ludwig, we've seen him do it. I, I Like I said, I was super excited to see Ludwig at Torrey Pines. It was on paper the best golf course for him and had every chance to win that golf tournament. I know he wasn't contending down the stretch, but he surely has the game and could have won that golf tournament. And no, no one would have been surprised. I was definitely nervous to pull the trigger on whatever I bet him at last week, but I was happy with the way he performed, got me a T10. So that was awesome for Ludwig. And we're getting, we're getting him at a golf course where he's also, he's played well in these conditions before with a ton of wedges. So um, I'm not, wouldn't be surprised to see him. He's just an Uber talent, but I wouldn't going to go with Fitz. Loves it here. Plays well here. Has the game here. Ludwig Sandburns. Yeah, I'll agree with that order. And I, I've had many takes about Ludwig. I was hardcore out on Ludwig when he first came out. I've kind of come around on him lately. And then I like, every other day it's back. And yeah, forth. it's back and forth. I'll be honest. I, I can't decide how I feel about Ludwig, but I do. He just continues to play well on these short courses. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense because driving is his game and places like Tory is where he should be best. And obviously he did hit the ball really well at Tory. Um, but the Omega European masters is a wedge fest and down the stretch mm-hmm. there, he was up against Fitzpatrick. So, you know, I like that crossover played well, the, a couple weeks later at the BMW PGA, which is another wedge heavy course. And then obviously the RSM. And I think like this is getting into the weeds a little bit. And obviously I haven't watched every shot that Ludwig's ever hit, but he just doesn't put spin on the ball like backspin like his ball just sits like when he hit like it just stops wherever he hits it and i think in these conditions like i want guys who because they're going to put the pins on all these ridges and up on all these you know plateaus to try to protect from because if they put them in the middle of the greens guys are going to shoot like 40 under par 
you've got to be able to stop the ball without spin, especially with how wet it is, or you're going to be zipping back down the hill and you're going to end up 25 feet away with every other guy. And it's going to become a putting contest. Like guys, who can, the track is. guys who can hit without spin, you know, those dead arm wedge shots that don't yeah, spin. JT. I really like, yeah. And I think Ludwig, like his ball just stops wherever he hits it. And I think that's a positive. For him this so that's my, like in the weeds, uh, oh, inside baseball take on Ludwig. That's Next. a true like a uh, Zal right miss at the U.S. Open uh-huh. type type deal. So yeah. yeah, I'm I cannot wait to monitor Ludwig spin spin uh, spin rates. <laughs> yeah, get your eyes on the spin rates when you see him like when his ball says it's 17 feet away. Go back and watch and see did that spin to that point or does that exactly where it landed? Um, all right, next three ball. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, not to spoil anybody who watches this before BK, but uh, that's BK's invented him this week. So if Tommy Fleetwood wins, Brian Kirshner uh, wins the the award for inventing him. So Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day, and your boy, Cam Young. How do you feel about those three? Yeah, I, I, that's a great group. I'm going to go uh, one, Tommy Ladd, two, Cam Young, and then three, Jason Day. But I, I'm not hating on Jason Day at all. I tweeted out yesterday, has his course history here is truthfully absurd. And it's a, one of the under more underrated ones of the course horses that we know in the in the golf world. Look, just look at Jason Day's course history uh, if you have the chance. I'm not going to run through it, but it is truthfully insane. Uh, Tommy, yeah, I go if you want to go over to actionnetwork.com, did in my early outrights article, Tommy Fleetwood was my pick. And I just think he has so many avenues for success, uh, whether that he can get scorching hot with his irons. He's obviously fairly accurate from time to time, but I don't think driving accuracy is as important as some people may say but he can light up uh, spike iron rounds for sure and then if it does get difficult he's got a phenomenal short game and if we're seeing Matthew Pavone win we're seeing Nick Dunlap win it's about time Tommy gets a win on U.S. soil so I like Tommy I re- I'm probably gonna bet him at 40 to 1 and then Cam Young I think he is a good bounce back candidate I, if you're not a European tour watcher he kind of I wouldn't say blew it but he had every chance to Beat Rory in Dubai, kind of showed no guts in very Cam Young fashion, but he has shown success on club down positional golf courses. So I'm down for Cam Young in a flat black position when no one is going to really want to touch him. So Cam Young and then Jason Day, like I'm still high on. I still think he can perform well on, but I kind of like those other two. This is one of the strong, I like this three ball stronger than I like the last three ball. So Jason Day, I'm not low on, but I think I like the other two better. Other two better. Yeah, Day. Day is a pure course history play. If you like Day, it's because of the course history. Like his stats uh, have not been very good for a long time now. Um, but another guy who he was T2 at the Open. And I, I, it's not like a great course fit, but I actually think the Hoylake fit just because of how the weather was. And like it is a shorter course and there's a lot of short irons there. Like isn't bad. Obviously, it was T2 there. Um, I'm going to officially take a stance of I'm out on Tommy this week. I'm not saying he's going to play bad, but I think I would be stunned if he actually wins. No chance. Uh, Close to no chance. Like I, I see it. I totally see the path. Like it's not that I don't think it makes sense. It's just, I don't think he can gain enough putting and I don't think he can, can win. He can definitely light up the approach numbers. And I do love him on these short positional courses. Like I was on him at, uh, in Canada, similar type of course, like totally makes sense. He plays good at heritage. Um, I'm down for Tommy from the sense that like it makes sense, but I do not think he can win. I don't think any of these guys can win. Um, I'd probably go the same order as you. I I'm not a CY guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you get him on these positional courses and sometimes he pops. So um, I think your assessment there mirrors mine, minus the fact that I'm removing Tommy from the uh, winning contention. Next up, your guy Russ Henley. Ben on who continues to just play great. His stats are unbelievable. He's just gaining across the board every single yeah. week. And Tom Kim. 
Oh, I like this one. I probably will go with mm, Russ, number one. Uh, he has he ha- he hit the ball poorly at the Century, I believe, but he found something the week after at the Sony. He's not scorching with his irons, but he, at the core, Russell Henley is a top five, top ten approach player on the tour um, and maybe even better in this field. And course fit wise, it makes a ton of sense. Doesn't have amazing course history by any means, but Russell Henley, I think, is going to be a great. He's playing good golf at least in the moment. Okay, and then Ben on versus Tom Kim is definitely a tough one because Benny's been playing really good. I do think his best weapon is that driver. He is as long and straight as they come. Like you look That's at some sick. of Ben on yeah. shot, yeah. Like you look at some of Ben on's uh, shot trackers and they're and literally his swing. He his swing has became. One of my favorites to watch. Like he holds his finish. It just he just very it's like impressive. he hits driver on every hole. He doesn't care. It, it like it does, and that's yeah. why I'm actually I kind of like him this week, aggressive. just because like there's holes where you shouldn't hit driver, but he's just gonna hit them, and they're gonna go down the middle, and like he's gonna have these short his his off the tee numbers are, are crazy. Yeah, I might have to go with Ben on over Tom Kim because Tom Kim, like you know, he does great on positional. I mean accuracy like short golf courses but his putter has been so hit or miss and it's been more of a miss than it has been hit so i think i'm gonna go with uh ben on just playing better golf at the moment and i'm not a tom kim guy at all i really like i just i don't know his path seems to be so putter reliant even though he does have those spike iron weeks in him and i i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not with the tom kim i'm gonna go russ benny then tom kim although benny does have a high ceiling i think i'm i'm actually i'm pretty high on on this week like i think i'll take him i'll go on henley uh, tk here just because like it's not i don't understand how he does it like that was the thing at sony like he made all the sense in the world at sony but he also didn't make sense because it's not the type of course where you would expect you i like him where it's t to green like he let his his ball striking shine through but going back to the scottish he was t3 at scottish we know the weather's never good at the scottish he played good there t23 at the open T2 at Wyndham, obviously Wyndham, a great kind of crossover track, wedge heavy type of place. Uh, Then he got suspended. And so we didn't see him in the fall, but comes back fourth at Century. T2 at Sony uh, was T16 here in 2019 at the US Open and T37 at the last year's uh, like he's just good at golf. Like he's not one of those. He's like you can't point to what he's great at. What he's not obviously driving is what he's great at. But the rest of the stat line is kind of just average out over the last year. But he's a good player. I like. That. Um, I think in the fifty to one range. I have not. I haven't made any bets yet, but I, I'm. I'm kind of interested by him. Next up, these guys. I definitely think belong together in any conversation this week. JT Poston, Eric Cole, and Bo West Coast Hostler. These guys, to me, kind of all are the same. Where they probably won't win, but they'll be kind of popular. They're in like the sixty to eighty to one range. Poston, Cole, Hostler. I think it's a true toss-up. I am like the anti-Eric Cole guy. I do not like Eric Cole, but if there is a golf course for Eric Cole, I think it is here. He's a, 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 I, you might as well have me driving the golf ball for him because it's just <laughs> pathetic with him with him with the driver. But he's gonna that's gonna get minimized this week. He's gonna be able to lay up to this, the same spots as the rest of the field, hitting casual drivers or hitting long irons off tees, woods off tees, and. Strokes gained got uh, got engaged here, so mm-hmm. he he the vibes are high. Positive attitude, camp. strokes gained, positive, positive attitude. Cole has a positive yeah. attitude. He always looks. He Cole always has looks a great. Sh- attitude yeah, and a great bounce back after he missed the cut. Uh, everyone loves riding Cole. I think the the vibes are a little bit off of him because he was popular in the fall, popular at the Sony. Um, if he is like going under the radar, I think he can definitely find his way up the leaderboard. At what's his? 
like high high seven K range. Is he around that area? Like fifty to seven fifty to seven to one. I'm not exactly sure what his odds are. I think he's a great positional bet. Great DraftKings play. Can backdoor anything if you need him to. And then Poston gonna be popular. It's a close second because I do like Poston here as well. And then who was the last guy again? Bo. You said Bo. Yeah, Bo always plays well here, but the field is much stronger. So played well. Tory Pines. Uh, I am out on just out on Bo. Hold on, let me look at Poston really quick. Poston, yeah, Poston? He's been he's been here twice, 2017, 2018. Uh T66, T68. I don't think he's obviously okay. playing a lot better golf now than he was then. He makes all the sense in the world on paper. Uh, but I'm actually gonna go Cole. I've, I've I really like Cole this week. I might bet Cole like this is the type Cole to me reminds me of Jaeger last week, where like Jaeger made all the sense in the world last week, but you're just like it's Jaeger, like can he do it? But Jaeger was a guy who throughout the fall was like in the 25 to 35 yeah, range, like really. and then he bounced out to 80. Nobody bets Jaeger and he almost wins the tournament. I think Cole kind of falls in that similar boat where he's been in the 30 range for a long time now. He gets bumped out to like the 60 to 70s. Um and he could definitely contend and give you a sweat. And then I really don't think he can win though. Like I really don't. But like, like yeah. you can't. I don't think we can say that anymore. Yeah, that's After the thing. Like, and like when we were texting the group chat, someone Brian might have said or you made have said like this guy can't win. I was gonna say, but I was like doing something else. I don't even think we can say X guy can't win anymore. Just what happened the first four months of the of the year? Like anyone yep. could win. I agree, and I think like. There's no reason this week why you couldn't build a card that starts at 50 to one and get like 10 guys and guarantee yourself a sweat from some like long odds guy. Like it's a, this course is inherently gives out crazy kind of outcomes because it's kind of open to any style of play. Um, yeah. So I'll go Cole uh, Hostler posting for whatever the model loves posting this week. He, he's on paper makes sense. Um, but I think just given the POA, I just trust Bo on the POA, and I don't know if I trust Posty um, out West very much. I'm going to wait till we get back to Florida to be riding with Posty. Here's a, here's one that I think is pretty tough because I, I kind of like all of these guys for different reasons. Keegan, Harmon, Teeks. Okay, and somehow all one. of the, and like surprising numbers on all these guys. I think they're all good bets uh, at the 70, 80 to one that they're, I'm surprised that they're this far uh, down the board. Yeah, I think the guy is a great bounce back candidate, but I'm going to go with Harmon because if, if you had any sense of, I like Harmon at the Sony, you got to just hold on to it. I know it didn't really come to fruition, but, and he doesn't have the best course history here either, but Sony here both make so much sense for Brian Harmon. So I, and he's, I think he's a better golfer now than he has been in X amount of years ago. So I'm going to go with Harmon there. Uh, and you said Keegan and Thigs. Uh, Keegan, like you said, loves the loves loves the bad weather. Uh, but Thigala, the the issue with Thigala is when driving it in the fairway is a premium. Like you need to do it because he had rounds and holes at the uh, Torrey Pines where he was making in the fairway birdie. Like he can, but his putting that together to be fair, holes. I don't know how he did it because it felt like he was in the rough every hole. His driving stats were pretty good. He gained plus he was 1.8 in the second round and 1.7. Like it's streaky, but every the now and then he was, just starts striping it. The issue was Wednesday. He was playing, it yeah. was on the north course too, and he was just playing from all over the place. That's kind of what got him on the on the wrong path to start at the gates. But like it's super streaky. And but if it's good, he can perform anywhere in the world. But that like that's gonna be taken out of out of his hand this week. He's gonna be hitting that that orange long iron that he loves more than anything in the world on a ton of holes <laughs> yeah. uh, and then playing out of the fairway. So, and when he's, he can lean into that creativity, the good wedge play, but I'm going to ride with my guy, Harmon. I'm going to go Harmon Thieg's keys. But like you said, this is a gr- these are good matchups. I can see any outcome. And I like, I, I do like Keegan, but I'm going to have to rank him third. 
I so I was on Teague's last week. I was on him at the Century. Uh, obviously, one of those went better than the other. I don't think he played that bad last week. The North course really screwed him. He, like you said, he yeah, played terrible on the North. He was like plus three at one point on the North course. Ended up battling back. He was even on like on Friday around three. He started. I was like kind of like, oh, Teague's might be able to sneak his way back to like a minus seven going into the final round and like have a have a look at it. He uh, played here in 2022. Lost in every strokes gain category. Um, he, he missed the Monday cut or like they did a second cut or something. I don't know what's going on here. The stats don't really make sense. But Harmon, I do like Teeks just because like he can spike everywhere and the driving's not going to impact him. Harmon has played here a few times. Nothing special. Uh, he looked pretty. He ended up T70 at the Dubai Desert Classic, but I watched him for a little bit. He looked pretty good. I thought he seemed fine. Um but I don't I know he if he was has... there for, I think he was there for the vibes, not to win. Yeah. Yeah. He was there to check out Dubai probably for the first time in his life. I can't imagine Brian Harmon. He did say that him. actually. It was okay. He was like, yeah. Yeah. He was excited to see Dubai. And then Keegan, I like Keegan this week. I think I'll go Keegan Teagues Harmon here. Uh, Keegan Opposite. continues to play well. He was T15 here way back in the day. Like at least he's been here once and been around this place, but we just saw him on a wedge heavy course at Sony. He played really good. I like him in these conditions. Um, I've already bet him twice this year. I bet him at Century. He didn't do anything. Then I didn't bet him at Sony. He looked good. Then I bet him at Farmers, and he was like completely average. And then he, uh, I just think he makes sense this week. I don't know why Travelers is a great comp here. You get a ton of wedges yeah. at Travelers. Um, it was wet there at Travelers too. Like we know he can win. I just think you look at him versus like some of these guys higher up on the odds board. At this point, I know BK was trying to, he was saying that he doesn't think Keegan can win, but like that's two wins for Keegan in the last year on, on somewhat. Yeah. Uh, like, he can win. He was just right there at Sony. Uh, I like Keegan to bounce back. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bet him, but I like Keegan. Final one, and I want to talk about one of these guys specifically because I think he's an interesting candidate this week. Denny, your boy. Rose, defending champion, also your boy. And Hideki. It's a great one. Um, I do like Denny this week. I'm going to have to go with Hideki number one. Anytime you're getting Hideki in a a course where iron game is number one and he's showed something at least of late a generational iron player. I'm going to go with Hideki. I know Hideki and Pebble beach. He has he even played here. I don't he think played, he, has. Uh, he was here at the U S open in 2019. He actually gained strokes putting. I mean, he did. Pro-Am now. Uh, yeah, he's not playing pro. Nope. Okay, he did yes, light up the approach figures at the U S open. I was on Hideki last week. He made that hole in one. That was sick. He was hitting the ball really really well he was streaky with the driver like the driver was hit and miss his accuracy with the driver was horrible obviously that's not going to be as much of a problem this week his short game always sick like Hideki's always going to bring you the short game but his putter he three putted six holes in a row or five out of six holes in a row on the back nine on Friday he made six bogeys in a row he ended up finishing t13 like he could have won that's insane that is that's like no he looked no, I was tracking Holy him shit. and he was hitting the green on every hole. It was like 45 feet. And next thing I know, I'd open it back up and it was bogey. He literally three putted five out of six holes on the back nine. He bogeyed, I think, 11 through 15 or something like that, maybe 10 through 15. And he played fine the rest of the time. The putter is ice, ice cold. But yeah, he, uh, I think he's healthy again. Like he, I think he, uh, yeah. is back to his health, which when attack he's healthy, you can always expect good things from him. And I'm still that- nervous with that driver, though. But like you said, it's not the most important here because when he does that full last driver swing, he's missing it in both ways, and yeah. he's not gonna really get really gonna need that here. Ton of long irons, uh, maybe off the tee. Ton of wedges. I I do like Hideki. I did write him that I was gonna take a further look, and then Denny, uh, my guy, like you said, 
Um, he finally has been showing something with the Iron King. I know it wasn't great in his last start, but the previous starts before that, it's been okay, and that's the X Factor for Denny. Uh, he's played well here in his career before, so I do like Denny. I know the fields are a lot worse, and I, I've been betting Denny more than I probably showed the last few months. Maybe one more chance. I'm going to have to do a deeper dive. And then Rose, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to rank third. Won here last year, but hasn't really looked great of late. Uh, middling finishes over his last few starts. And the ball, he was hitting the ball a lot better this time last year coming to the event than he is this year. I got a Denny stat for you that kind of blew my mind. Sure. On uh, golftop and sarix.com, we've got the course history stuff there. We've got kind of all the stats. Denny's played 14 rounds at the Bubble Beach uh, AT&T Pro-AM. He's one-putted 49.4% of the greens. Now, some of that's a bad thing, I think. Some of that has to probably do like he's scrambling. He's like getting up and down. But the next closest player is uh, S.H. Kim, who's only played four rounds. He's one-putted 45% of the time. So like to be that consistent one-putting over that many rounds is absolutely insane. Jason Day, another guy who's putted well here, Keith Mitchell. Uh, Teagues is up there, Seamus. Um, But yeah, I think for me... Rose last, just defending champion, not playing amazing golf right now. I like Denny this week. I'll probably go Denny, Hideki, Rose there. But uh, Hideki, I don't think, can win. Hideki, though, a solid top 20 type of play. Like, he just plays That's consistently, and Hideki always brings bet. his A. Like, Hideki always tries. Unless he's hurt and, yeah. like, has to withdraw, you know Hideki is going to grind. He's literally, I've watched a lot of golf the last few years. I can remember one time he didn't try, and it was, like, the Valero when he was in the field for no reason, no reason. And he like finished like dead last, but yeah, Hideki will try always. And that is quickly. Uh, oh, actually first, before talking to just a few guys in the hundreds range, Nick Dunlap, what, what do you expect from the youngster uh, making his debut this week? I kind of like him. I don't like, I think he's going to be riding the, the wave of, of what happened a couple weeks ago. He's really good with his wedges. He's a great putter uh, driving. Like accuracy is one of his issues. It seemed like, but uh, I, th- I expect him to play well this week. A uh, ton of media, Probably maybe featured group, we think. I hope so. I hope it's I, my yeah. feature. My ideal featured group is Ludwig and uh, Dunlap in the, the youngster uh, featured group. That'd be sick. Uh, he's going to face a ton of media. I'm definitely interested to see how he bounces back. Have no overwhelming thoughts, no bad thoughts, no good thoughts. Probably won't have any exposure to him in any way. Just going to wait and see. Uh, I hope he does well, though. It's going to be it's going to be a fun week for Dunlap. Four full guaranteed rounds. So I'm going to just give you a few names that jumped out to me in like the 150 ish range. And you just give me a could mix or no chance to mix. Yeah. Okay. This is, and I'm going to, I'm going to start with uh, your boy, Matt McNeely. No chance to mix $6,200 on DraftKings might be a hundred percent owned. <laughs> uh, fair. Uh, Adam Schenk, colonial comp. Uh, good in these type of conditions. Colonial comp, JT Post and comp could mix. If we say JT Post can mix, Adam Shank can mix. Yep. And at 150 to one, like, you know, Shank can, he's like mixed before. So I think that's fair. Uh, this one doesn't make any sense to me. Grio. Why is Grio 150 to one? Grio, Grio, Colonial can we, comp. Can, I might just look, I'm going to you. I'm going to Venmo you after the show. I wrote up, I was very strong on Grio in my, in my write up. 100% could mix. Yeah, he, I'm gonna have to look because he's 150 on 365, and I don't actually have 365. I just have them pulled up right now, so we may have to find an alternative uh, betting source. But 150 on Grio makes you bet. Just bet it. Like he could yeah. finish last place, and that's a good bet because there's the Colonial <laughs> comp here. We've got Rose as a Colonial winner, Burger is a Colonial winner, Grio is a Colonial winner, 
He played fine last week. Like he played pretty good. He had a couple of ways. He was dr- 200 at the century, which is, and that's like a better field. Yeah. No, Grio. That Grio. Uh, Kurt Kitayama played good here last year. Uh, I'm going to go with can't mix. He, what, what, what was his, his finish? His finish last year ended up being what? Like T yeah, it was bad. 30 something. It was, it was like down the board. He, he punted it. down the stretch. Uh, it's a, a not strong can't mix, but it's not a strong can't mix. Um, all right. And then a few guys maybe uh, of little better odds. Uh, Eddie, what's the deal with Monty? Is, is he getting better at golf? Is he a good golfer now? Or I think what's he's the... getting better at golf. and But I think it's just a, a, a case of the best players are like leaving the PGA Tour. So Monty's just like, okay, like I'm just still Monty. Everyone else is getting worse. Come back to my level. Uh, he did hold out for Eagle last week though. So can't mix. If you could only have one of these guys, fuck, Bez, Hoagie, Proj, Andy Putz, Glover. Um, I would say Glover or Andy Putz because Strokes gain Pepperdine. You got to throw that into, but Glover, just a ton of just so. I talked about the approach that and approach that is huge. Uh. I'll go with Glover in a, in a spot where no one wants to use him. I think there's still some juice to squeeze out of him, but Hoagie loves it here, and this is also his favorite course. I'm going to change my answer to Hoagie. I, Hoagie striped it last week at uh, Torrey. He was yeah. second in the field in a fairway proximity. Uh, he played fine. I, I bet him last week. He never really did anything special, but he didn't do anything bad, and obviously, if you can play good at Farmers, uh, you come back to a spot where you're the, a winner. I, I like Hoagie. Yeah. What odds would Malnati have to be on a top 20 for you to pull the trigger on Peter? Um, yeah, he does love it here. I saw this morning he was like 8,000 to 1. Uh, his top, top top 20 odds, what, 60 to 1? Is that what is that what you're, what we're saying? He's uh, he's 750 to 1 to win. Uh, let me see what he is to uh, finish in the top 20. Or I, I might have said 8,000. I meant 800. What is going on here? Uh, finishes. He's been really. Like, he hasn't made a cut in like forever. I'm on the Bahrain Championship. Any early? I clicked the wrong. Any early leans at the Bahrain Championship? Do you know anything about zero? It? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, is Erasmus playing? Yeah, Erasmus is playing. He's he's trying to rack up as many points as possible so that he can get back up. He can come on over to the. He'll be he will be on the PGA Tour next year. 100% guarantee. Like his odds to be to finish in position on the DP this year, it's like minus 40,000. Like he, he'll, yeah. he'll, he will be on the PGA tour next year without a doubt. Uh, all right. Top 20 on Malnati. Uh, yeah. Plus eight fifty. Not, not bettable. That's a horrible odds. Yeah. That's horrible. So like legitimately, can I put the no? There needs to be a no. On that. Uh, Webb Simpson's in the field. Apparently uh, Hubbard, Hubbard's a guy. I think Hubbard's uh, interesting. Uh, homeless subs. Anyone we haven't talked about that you want to give a shout out so that we can Vic Real laugh quick, if, uh, $6, it goes $6,000 well. on DraftKings. And I want to hear your thoughts. $6,000 on DraftKings. Seamus Power. Shamey. Has won this event three times. He, yeah. He, uh, of course, won this event famously uh, the year that Hoagie won. They, he was uh, given the trophy after the, the second round because it was such a guarantee that he'd go low at Monterey. Uh, T9, T15, last couple of years. He drove it nice. It was only one round of stats, but God, his stats are... He, he lost it. I don't know what he lost, but he lost it. His putting is... I mean, he's he's lost infinity strokes putting the last two events. His, his approach is messed up. Always good scrambler. Like, you know, Seamus is going to get around the greens. He'll probably chip one in, do something there. But uh, no, 
I'm going to have to say I'm out on Shamey. I get the course history angle, but I genuinely think there's something wrong with his game. Uh, he could pop. I could see him having one good round, maybe a showdown play. Like round three is going to be like T47, and, and he shoots like 64 or something. But no, uh, quick look of the stats. I'm going to have to say I'm out on Shamey this week. Probably have to agree. All right, well. That's uh, that's an hour. That's a deep dive into uh, a lot going on there at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We'll uh, have more writing on the site a little bit later this week. We'll have your outright card and your write-up there. Uh, now we can also find you at Action Network and elsewhere on Twitter. I'm sure everybody follows you, but if you don't, at uh, it's Matt. It's underscore Gannon, right? On, uh, yeah, Twitter. underscore Gannon, underscore. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, look forward to this event. Should be good. Um, like I said, I'm hoping for a Ludwig uh, Dunlap featured group. That seems like an absolute no-brainer from the tour, which means they probably won't do it. But that seems like a slam dunk. What You got a uh, featured group you're hoping to see? Uh, I want to see what Vic's up, Vic's up to. So definitely, I want to I get to see Vic out there. Maybe a Vic with like... Uh, a Scotty or something like that would be, would be yeah. pretty nice. To see them. I, I also, I want a featured group, all 18 on spyglass. Like I've never seen all 18 on spyglass, but every time when they like pan over and they're like, here's a guy over at spyglass, it always looks super sick. So I hope we get to see uh, every hole at spyglass. Yeah. No more Monterey. So definitely hope they can do something like that. All right, Matt. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week for uh ways management. Yes, sir.